so this is Robert Mitchell at High Tide in the Dreamtime. This is episode, I think it's 41 or 42. It's a Saturday. I don't usually uh, work on the weekends, but my work, my vow is, is when my last podcast gets to a certain number of listens, it's time for a new one. And I like maintaining that discipline and that rhythm. Um, so I'm going to do it today. I have something I want to talk about. Um, today's episode is going to be called uh, Psychedel- Psychedelics, Technology, and Immortality. And it's inspired by a lot of the work I've been doing lately. I've actually been working with a lot of people involved in technology. And I've spoken about this a bit before. Um, but I want to talk about it now because I think it's going to be really useful to people. Now, in the work I've been doing recently with psychedelics, one thing I notice is that there are usually two kinds of sits that people do, two kinds of work that they do. At more moderate dosages, people have what's called psycholytic experiences. And psycholytic experiences are a lot like therapy, like parts of your unconscious that you don't usually have access to come out, memories come out, traumas come out, uh, forgotten joys come out, and all these things come out that are very personal. They're a lot like, it's, you know, when you hear those stories about 10 years of therapy in one night kind of thing or in one day, that's the kind of experiences I'm talking about. But they're all about formative ego experiences. They're all about revealing why one's state of consciousness is how it is, how it came to be. Now, a lot of people who sit like this, their experience is really about, did I like it? Didn't I like it? How did it make me feel? How did it create difficulty for me? It's a really one and zero kind of thing. It's pretty simple. And depending upon people's formative experiences that created their ego, their ego state, that's the experience they have. Do I like it? If I like it, this is why I like it. These are the experiences I had that made me like it and made me like who I am. Or these are the experiences that made it hard being me that still continue to create challenges for me. And what do I do with that? And there's a big difference between psycholytic and psychedelic experiences. Psychedelic experiences are what people experience at uh, higher dosages of psychedelics. And those experiences tend to be more impersonal. Over and over and over and over again, I see people experiencing what they can only describe as eternity. I heard that recently from somebody. I heard somebody, I often, just the other day, heard somebody talking about the white light. And people do experience that, these white light mystical experiences. They're not unusual. Everybody has access to this kind of experience. It's amazing. It's across the spectrum of types of people, of men and women and artists and lawyers and doctors and financiers and 
tech CEOs, everybody has access to this experience. It is part of being human. In fact, it is the engine of being human. And one of the things I want to talk about in this particular uh, in this particular pod was I wanted to talk about yeah I almost call this the real you. That's why I played Pearl Jam playing the real me because the real you and the real me is not our egoic state, our feelings about the experience we've had. We are ex- mistaking what we've perceived and how we feel about it for who we are. And that is the primary mistake of being a human being that I see psychedelics leveraging open and releasing people from. Because I don't want to say, there's a lot of want to say this in a lot of different ways, but what I'll say is that that white light that people experience is really the animating force of all consciousness. And also it's the animating force of all life. It is the energy behind the Big Bang. It is the energy behind the formation of all physical existence, but it is also behind the formation of non-physical existence, which is 99% of reality. And each one of us at our, at the highest realms of ourselves or at our core is that white light experience. I have no doubt about that at all. And what we experience, what our life is about is our understanding of that or our lack of understanding of that. So in lower psycholytic doses where people experience the, the formation of their egos and why they are in the state that they're in, what's gone on, what they've reacted to, what they've chosen to become, they're often mistaking that experience for what they are. And you can, I've spoken about this before, but you can almost say that that mistake is their dharma or their karma. What they've been through that has caused them misunderstanding reflects their misunderstanding to them. My, uh, what I've been through and what has caused me discomfort and caused me limitation is my misunderstanding. And I can see my misunderstanding anywhere where I'm struggling. And so can anybody else. That's the amazing gift of psychedelics, no matter where anybody is in their life. So these experiences that, that, that we hold on to, that we form against, that we think create some kind of finite understanding of ourselves. That's the misunderstanding we came into this life with. That is our predisposition to misunderstanding. That is Maya or Dukkha, as the Buddhists say. 
That's the illusion we have about ourselves. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to build things onto that illusion. It's like a magnetizing force. It's like if you put a, a a star magnet underneath a table and then you put some metal shavings onto it, it's all going to move into the star like magic. And our misunderstanding of our identity is going to move a lot of energy into our formation of ourselves. And that often indicates the suffering, the misunderstanding that we bring into this life. And it reinforces it. And then we go, oh, this is it. This is what I am. This sucks. This is so hard. This is so unpleasant. This, this, is, this is too hard to overcome. This is too hard to stop feeling. I have a client right now who really has a hard time letting go of his habits of feeling even though he's had these white light experiences. And another metaphor I want to use, because I've been working with a lot of tech people lately, is, you know, that white light source of everything, it's like electricity for your iPhone. I have a very close family member who's at the end of their life right now. And, uh, you know, my, my, my father died when he was 45 because he was sick. He was, had cancer. And it was a very traumatic cancer overtaking his physical integrity. So he couldn't maintain it. But now I have a family member who's very close to the end of their life. And they're like an iPhone that's at 1%. It's just going to run out. It's not terrifying. It's not tragic. It's not upsetting. It's very natural. But each one of us is animated at our source by that white light experience. I'm 100% sure of this. It sounds abstract, but it's true. Um, And once you have this experience, you become aware of it as well. Now, The mistake, you know, and so with tech people, you know, a lot of tech people are concerned with immortality, especially if they have a lot of money. (laughs) But it's not just tech people. It's people in, in general who can't imagine anything greater than the resources that they've generated for themselves and surround themselves with. And it creates a fear of mortality because they don't want to lose their properties and their portfolios and their freedoms. They can't imagine that there's something beyond that. So you have tech CEOs talking about downloading the contents of their brain into a hard drive and living forever or freezing their brains until there's some, uh, there's some substitute for death found in the future where the technology exists that people can live forever or going to Mars and habitating a, a, a planet that is actually quite hostile to human life where it's too cold and there's no atmosphere. When we're on a planet that completely supports human life, that 
we're ignoring what an absolute paradise it is and the things we can do to improve it and not destroy it. Those are all questions of immortality. And to think that the contents of your consciousness are so unique that they need to be maintained in a hard drive and kept forever is as important as maintaining your iPhone 3 that's completely outdated and maintaining the way it functions forever instead of getting an iPhone 15 or 12 or whatever. But there's no addition to make to that white light consciousness. It contains and animates everything and everyone that has ever existed on this planet or on any other planet. So the notion that we should use our resources to take a three-year trip to Mars and set up colonies there and the amount of resources it's going to take to do that. And there's some fantasy about exploding nuclear bombs over the poles and melting the ice poles. <laughs> it's actually ridiculous. When in fact, the sustenance that this environment provides is remarkable. But this is not about the environment. This is about that kind of thinking. Because each one of us or anybody that you admire, or anybody that you love is animated by that white light origin. And you can call it whatever you want. I don't care. I don't care what people call it. Oftentimes people say to me in the experience, what is this? Can this be real? <laughs> is this God? Is this heaven? Is this eternity? It doesn't matter what your language says it is. Your language is irrelevant. And everybody you've ever known, whether you've liked them or disliked them or they were a good person or a bad person or they're a brilliant person or not a very bright person, has been animated by this force. Just like every computer you've ever used or every iPhone you've ever used has been animated by electricity. And one of the things that the tech people love doing is they like to create analogs to human consciousness. That's what computers do. They work like brains. That's what networks do. They work like brains. They work like human consciousness, which a brain is an analog of consciousness. It's not a creator of it. It's a way it happens in physical reality. So when people say that reality is a, it's a recreate, it's a computerized recreation of something, that's nonsense. That's thinking backwards. All of tech is an analog of consciousness. And it's not just human consciousness, it's the consciousness that animates the entire cosmos and the entire non and all of non-physical reality as well. And each one of us has our own relationship with that. And according to how we experience that and how we express that 
and how we are a unique iPhone for that electricity is gonna determine the quality of our lives, but more importantly, it's gonna determine the quality of our experiences, moment to moment. How much of that can I bring into the world? How much of that can I bring into my own experience? How much of that can I bring into my own trauma and my own misunderstanding and heal it? That's really the question. It's not, can I live forever? Can I keep my egoic consciousness, my fantasy about what I am going on forever? Can I download it into a computer? Can I freeze my head? So when medicine's better, I can keep my body alive for hundreds of years? That's all absurd back ass words thinking. When what these, anybody should be thinking is how do I bring that immortality into my moment right now? How do I bring that immortality into my creativity right now? And the most creative people that you know, whether they're in tech or whether they're writers or painters or sculptors or filmmakers, they're doing that. They're letting that animative force illuminate their consciousness and they're sharing that illumination using their instrument, which has two eyes, a brain, 10 fingers and 10 toes, and it smells, tastes, and hears, and it speaks. And that's all we have. And when I say the real you, that is not the real you. The real you doesn't have eyes, ears, and a nose. That's the instrument that it uses. That's the instrument that that universal intelligence uses to make itself known and to know itself in physical reality. And each person that hears this is a unique expression of that. And the more uniquely each person expresses that and brings that into the world, the better the world is. The more visionary you can be about your relationship with that white light animating principle that is the same in you as it is in your best friend and the person you like the least and their relationship with it is determining probably how you like them or how you dislike them or is reminding you of some way that you're not experiencing it or some way that you do experience it. That is the magic of it, is it creates ultimate empathy because nobody is removed from that except by their own decision, by their own choice. Anybody has access to that reality in any moment if they choose it no matter their circumstances. And I think that the really important 
thing about this particular podcast is we all camouflage our relationship with it with the stories that we tell ourselves that keep us from experiencing our origins. And you know what? The Buddha said, everybody has to get here through a womb. Everybody needs to enter physical reality into the world through a womb. There are no exceptions to this, not even Jesus. (laughs) But your identity with what you experience once you leave that womb, whether you identify with your circumstances or whether you, you identify with your origins, is largely gonna determine the quality of your experience of your lifetime, whether it, and you know, sometimes you have really wonderful people who all they wanna do is, is keep you connected to your origins, and that's great. And sometimes people don't know about their own origins, so they can't know about yours. And the ultimate act of rebellion is connecting with your own origins in the presence of the ignorance or the unknowing of other people. And for a lot of people, that can be their greatest victory. Having that awareness in your presence, in any circumstance, is a magnificent achievement. And it can carry you through your life. And that is really a lot of what you hear about. You hear about a lot of therapizing of psychedelics. You hear a lot of neurobiology of psychedelics. You hear a lot of neuroscience of psychedelics. But that's really what heals people. I know because I've seen it a lot. And I've experienced it in myself as well. And also, I know that when people are having psychedelic experiences that are difficult, that is the animating reality, even behind their difficult experiences, because their difficult experiences are a distortion of their awareness of that. And it is safe for people to encounter the difficulties in their formation, knowing that there is a principle behind that, a generous and loving and caring principle behind that, that supports that experience. And I know that it does, because I've seen it happen on numerous occasions. I sometimes uh, grow impatient with the way that people talk about psychedelics and their utility and who wants to be in charge and who wants to make money from them. And I don't care because I know that for me, the best thing for me to do is just share what I know and not criticize other people. That's success for me in this work. And so I wanted to 
share that with you guys tonight. I wanted you guys to get a sense of the possible. And also know that psychedelics don't do anything that doesn't exist in human consciousness. One does not need to know or to take psychedelics to have these experiences. They are classical mysticism. If you read Carl Jung's Memories, Dreams, and Reflections, and he talks about his near-death experience when he had a heart attack late in his life, he describes all these same realms. Exactly as people using psychedelics do. So, and he didn't use them. So, besides psychedelics giving people the access to these states of consciousness, to this animating principle, there are other ways to experience this animating principle that require discipline, focus, and mental determination. And more than that, it requires faith. If you don't have faith that this is the ultimate origin of your experience, you won't reach it. But if you do have faith, it's closer than you can even imagine. It's the animating energy behind your dreams. It's the animating energy behind your life and the circumstances of your life. It is the animating principle of your existence. And it's right there waiting to be discovered in your greatest joys and your most difficult sorrows. Believe it. 